Presents. And now, Inside the Arena Presents, NAL Now, bringing you the best from the National Arena League, with your hosts, Stephen Err. Last year they went undefeated to beat everybody, but this year is going to be a lot tougher. And Jose Bahina. Basically, I've told anybody who will listen to me about it, and I know people are fired up over this. Welcome, everybody, to the season premiere of NAL Now, Inside the Arena's very own National Arena League podcast. I'm Stephen Ern. This year joining me is my new co-host, very big contributor to InsideTheArena.org, Jose Pahina. How are you doing, Jose? Uh, doing pretty good, Stephen. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Raw's on, and I'm enjoying that, and I'm enjoying recording this podcast at the same time. Very awesome, good stuff. Awesome. So I want to start with talking about the Jacksonville Sharks because they are the defending National Arena League champions, and everyone thinks that the new teams coming in and Warren Smith Jr. now in the uh, Arena Football League, it's going to be a cakewalk for this team, right? Wrong. It's not. It's not going to be easy at all for this Sharks team. Yes, they have built. They got a new guy on defense. We're getting to a little bit. They still have Tommy Grady. They still have Derek Ross. But these new teams... Plus the the Steelhawks and Lions, they don't look too bad at there, Jose. They don't no, look no, too bad. No, not at all, man. I, the way I see it, like I said, the Sharks aren't going to have a pushover wins this year. Uh, you know, the league looks like it's going to be a lot a lot better off this year than last year. They're not going to have a high country or Dayton Wolfpack to beat up on, and you know, I don't I don't see they're going to have any seventy one to six games like last year. That's right. I don't. Those, those we're not going to see those. Not this year. I mean, the league is taking care of those issues that were the, I guess the Date Wolfpack, Atlanta Doom, whatever you want to call them. They were an issue. The league got rid of them. They folded. Whatever the case was, Corpus Christi was done after, like a couple games. This is not the same. So we're not the same scenario as we were last year with the NAL, where we don't know what to expect from these teams. We know what to expect with these teams based on what they have. Columbus. They have Asen Espinoza. I was not a fan of him last year. He got benched after one game in which they got demolished by the Sharks. Very ugly game. They got benched for Darren Daniel. Unfortunately for Columbus, Darren Daniel is now in high country with the Grizzlies. So mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not coming back. Uh, the other quarterback they have is Kyle Cool. He, he was the quarterback of the, the Corpus Christi Rays last year. Uh, if I am if I'm coach Jason Gibson, I am going to start Kyle Cool week one because I know Mason Espinoza is eh, he's not the ideal starting quarterback for my team. That's the exact same way I'm looking at it. I mean, like I said, I I think they're gonna play Kyle Cool. I don't think Mason Espinoza is gonna be as bad as he was last year, but I like I said, if it's my call, yeah, I'm I'm putting Kyle Cool in. And also, they've got Jeremy Johnson, former quarterback at Auburn. I think those two combinations uh, of quarterback, I think I would play them over Mason Espinosa. That's right. I forgot, I forgot about Jeremy Johnson. That's bad on my part. Shame on me. Yeah. But our colleague, uh, Derek Dean, is a big fan of Mr. Johnson coming out of Auburn University. So perhaps maybe he'll start week one. Well, it's like I was saying, man. Look, if you, if you break down the numbers for Kyle Cool versus Mason Espinosa, Honestly, I look back at it, and in their first five games apiece, all right, Kyle Cool had 25 completions, five touchdowns, and Mason Espinoza actually only threw six touchdowns and uh, 39 completions in that. 
So really, they're not that far apart. Mm. It'll be a very interesting quarterback competition as the season nears, for sure. Three quarterbacks could start. We don't know who it will be. We're just going to have to wait and see. And I didn't mean to rhyme there, but I did. <laughs> but uh, So as I mentioned, though, Columbus will host Lehigh Valley in a rivalry that has spanned two leagues, the Professional Indoor Football League and now the National Arena League. But Lehigh Valley, I said Lehigh Valley has a good team, and they could threaten the Sharks, especially because the Sharks do travel to Allentown, Pennsylvania, on June 30th. But big problem. Am I talking about to start the show? Warren Smith is no longer with the Steelhawks. And Ooh. <laughs> if we'll look at this in a second, Jose. That, I look at it, is a really big problem for them. I think that's going to break Lehigh Valley. I really do. Wow. They bold there. Right there. Very bold. They do have Andre Hendricks as a running back, but I don't think that's going to – that's not going to be enough to carry them. I agree. I feel uh, they do have Brandon – I forget his name. I have his name written down here. Brandon Renford is his name. That's what it is. Brandon Renford is a good receiver. And do you have Andre Hendricks, but – He's a running back. Running backs aren't that big in arena football, as everybody knows. So I look at Lehigh Valley, and I'm like, there's definitely room for concern here. Mm. Because Warren Smith's gone. Darius Prince uh, went to the Philadelphia Soul. He's staying with the Philadelphia Soul. Warren Oliver Jr., who was Warren Smith's biggest target last year, he plays with the Duke City Gladiators and the CIF now. So wow. that's another huge loss for that team. Yeah, there's definitely room for concern in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, they're a broken team. They've got to pick up the pieces and put them back together, man. And then we were supposed to have Charles McCollum on tonight, but he I guess he couldn't join us. He might join us a little later. Carolina, uh, yeah. the team that Jose is um, going to be covering this season for InsideTheMe.org. That's right. That is the biggest threat to the Sharks. As of right now, that's the way I see it. I mean, they have Charles McCollum. Coach Billy Bagnos has very best success in indoor football. Tyron Laughinghouse, Jordan Jolly. I can't even name all the guys that they have. There's like nine uh, nine of these players have been with Billy Back at one point or another, either at Wichita Falls or at the Nashville Venom. So, like I so said, they've got great chemistry set up throughout that team. And what are, what are the way to kick off the season? We'll get to this later, too. What other way to kick off season for Carolina? April 7th, this Saturday, against the Sharks. They get to host the defending champions and show them what they're really made of. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait for this game. I really, that's that's going to be the game to watch, man. I mean, because I love that. I love the fact that, that they're throwing Carolina out there straight against Jacksonville. You know, that that's going to be a big huge matchup man because like we just said that Jacksonville is not going to have the the afforded ability of playing against weaker teams in this league and I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup right out of the gate that's game's going to be at the Greensboro Coliseum I'm also the Bojangles Coliseum wrong team wrong league the right right Greensboro Coliseum this Saturday April 7th 7 p.m. kickoff Jose will be there and well, man, you just stay, just stay tuned. I can't, I can't say more. I don't want to say more. <laughs> stay tuned. So I know we have not talked about Maine. We have not talked about Massachusetts yet. We'll get to them in a minute. 
I want to go over this rule that, and if you have, have been paying attention to the NAL, the new rule is when you sign with another league, the new rule states you cannot sign in the NAL after you leave the league. Nope. If you play in the IFL, the American Arena League, CIF, the China Arena Football League, any of those, that keeps you out of eligibility for NAL this year. That's right. And and like everything else we've had so far in this show, Jose and I love the rule. We love it. I do. I love it. I mean, that's just going to give the teams a better opportunity to develop as a unit and uh, really figure out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And uh, that's going to help uh, take care of some of those growing pains, especially for the new expansion teams. And uh, I think it's going to make for a better fan experience. You know, they'll actually be able to follow the team closer and kind of have a sense of familiarity with players. And that's extremely important for the uh, success of the expansion teams. Absolutely. It's just, it's important for the success of the league as a whole in general. Like with the American oh, Real League, you have guys like Malachi Jones, Everyone, I mean, we were hyping up the Atlanta Havoc. They had a Malachi Jones. They had Chris Duvalt. They had this guy, that guy. And all of a sudden, these guys are going to different leagues. The league NAL is making sure that does not happen. So when we hype this up for you on this show and in our articles and everything else, it's sticking there. There's no hype's going away. None of that. So that was a, that's new, the new rule. Pretty much, if you sign with another team outside of the NAL, can't come back in. The Joe Good. Hills rule. The Joe Hills rule. So they're like, <laughs> if, you, if you don't know about that, Joe Hills played with the Tampa Bay Storm in 2017. And at the end of June, signed a contract. I guess he just joined the Sharks. I don't know how that worked out legally or whatever. Well, played, one game? Played one game with the Jacksonville Sharks. Playoff game against Monterey. They won. And the next week, he went back to the Storm. Was suspended one game and then it came back. NAL did not like that for whatever reason, and they applied this new rule, which is good. So for all those fans that are going to games this year, like Jose, you get to know your players. They're not going anywhere. It's going to be a great experience for all NAL fans, especially with new teams coming in. Exactly. Uh, so we're we gonna, we're going to get into the main mammoth now. I know that um, the real, really thing I noticed about this team so far is that they have a really good wide receiver quarterback duo. That's John, Jonathan right. Bain and Devin Wilson. I feel Jose will be the biggest one-two punch in the league this year. I, I really think, like I said, Maine has been the uh, sleeper team of the preseason. You know, because that's about the only big news that we've had come out of there is the signing of Jonathan Bain. And then, like you said, Devin Wilson, former Jacksonville Shark, he caught, what, 25 catches for 237 yards. And, uh, you know, it's not the best numbers when you look at that lineup at Jacksonville, though. You know, there's a lot of talent up down there. So he still did really great. And I think if he becomes a star in Maine, he's going to do great. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had Thyron Lewis. Ahead of him, he had a few other guys that were putting up bigger numbers. Mo Williams, another one, yeah. And yet, Devin Wilson still put up the numbers he did. That's impressive. Now, he's the, he's the number one guy in Maine for the Mammoth, so you already know he's going to be putting up big numbers. Do like, do like the Randall thing in Monsters, Inc., putting up some big numbers. 
but as far as that, uh, that thing, that's really it for me. Yarn, uh, maybe you could explain more why you felt find him as a sleeper outside of that. Because I looked at the transactions page on the NAO website. They signed three guys in March, and two of them are offensive linemen, if I'm not mistaken. Like I said, they're all mostly just rookies. And uh, like I said, don't get me wrong, you know, I think, you know, the potential is there for anyone to come up at any point and, you know, become a star. But I don't know. I think it's just the lack of information that we have about Maine is going to be the reason it's going to be off of everyone's radar. You do have a point. You never already get, like, the NAL is like a box of chocolates, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know what you're going to get. And as Jose said, whole lot of rookies coming to this team up in Portland, Maine. It's going to be very exciting. A lot of things going on right there. Their field looks great. Oh, my God. We saw that field. I fell in love with that. And those end zones are B-E-A-U-T-Vol. I think they might be my favorite end zones in the NAL so far. I've seen Carolina's glimpse. I know what Sharks look like. They played in the AFL from 2010 to 2016, so I know how that looks. But those main men zones. I want to say Massachusetts, though. I really do. I think uh, that's. I love their color scheme. I love Mass's color scheme so much. I can't wait to see their arena either. They play at the DCU Center, Worcester, Massachusetts. Very exciting. And speaking of the Massachusetts Pirates, another team I don't really see much going mm-hmm. on with them. The only big thing I saw, they shined Sean Brackett. And I don't know how you feel about this, Jose, but I feel like Sean Brackett is way overhyped. I, I agree completely on that. I mean, what did he have like, uh, what, 1,800 yards and then uh, 10 picks? But he's the only quarterback signed by Mass, which is okay. But then, you know, I don't know. It's just they have a lot of rookie players too, uh, maybe six or seven experienced players. London Crawford, formerly of the Monterey Steel, uh, he did – Catch 700 and some yards for 19 touchdowns. And uh, Marty Gilliard also is no slouch either. Uh, made six steal touchdowns. But you know, that's fine and everything. But I just don't I just don't see them going very far. Uh, I think Mass is the team I have the least expectations for. Huh. That's interesting. I, I, um, I did way back when, like when these new teams were coming out, and I still had Columbus at the bottom. And then I saw what they had, and I was like, hmm, interesting. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, uh, I don't understand the hype with um, Sean Brackett. The guy played for the Valor last year after Eric Meyer was injured and later retired. They lost 10 straight games. So where is the hype coming from with the guy that lost 10 straight games as a starting quarterback? They missed the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, they were the lone team in the AFL last year to miss the playoffs. The Washington Valor. Nick DeVilla won. I believe it was Nick DeVilla, three-time Arena Bowl and three-time Arena Football League MVP that snapped the streak for them. It wasn't even John Brackett. I think it was it Nick was Cavilla. Not Nick. Not Nick Cavilla. I'm sorry. It was Warren Smith Jr. But you get the point. Sean Brackett, overhyped. I'm not saying Massachusetts is going to be a bad team. I'd just say, that, like Jose says, they're going to be one of the bottom teams. Yeah, like I said, the, it's going to be a straight and narrow path for the Pirates if they're going to make an impact in this league. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm excited to see it. No matter how it looks right now, I'm excited to see what happens. 
Like I said, in my opinion, though, they do have some of the best color scheme and best uniform combination I've seen so far. Yeah, that's going to get a lot of people excited. Oh. That that color scheme that they have. and the, I, was, I saw the arena. I didn't see the field or anything, but the arena looked, it looked like a decent size. I think, I think they can pack that house, no doubt. Like said, even if they're losing, they're going to look good doing it. <laughs> uh, it's always a positive way to look at things, ladies and gentlemen. And Jose Fond will positively look at the matches. Pirates who have an overhyped quarterback. Love it. So the way I see it, at the end of the day, when it comes to the National Arena League, only three teams are going to win this title this year. It's going to be either the Lions, the Cobras, or the Sharks. And we're going to start with the Lions here. They have, like we said, Jeremy Johnson could start. He could be good. I'm, I'm excited to see what Kyle Cool does if he starts. I want to see if Mason Espinosa can bounce back if he starts week one against Lehigh, week two against Lehigh Valley. That's Plus, really the call, man. I want to see who who gets the job at quarterback for Columbus. be very interesting to see who gets that. It's going to set the for their season. Absolutely. And then you look at who they have on offense. As one wide receiver that sticks out to me is Tristan Purifoy, an AFL veteran. He, his talent is immaculate. He has so much time. I love Tristan Purifoy. He didn't do much last year for whatever reason it was, but I can't wait to see him this year, no doubt. And then you look at the defense. One guy that stands out to me was Kyle Griswold. The guy was a interception machine for Columbus last year. So you put whichever quarterback starts, always had they all have opportunities to start. They all have opportunities to do well. Tristan Purifoy, you have Kyle Griswold, Chris Smith is back on defense. Columbus has a stack right there. That's a stack team. I mean, they played for the title last year. That's right, they did. And they came very close to upsetting the Sharks in Jacksonville. Almost snapped. Such a pity. But anyway, so there's that for Columbus. We'll talk about it again. Carolina, they're pretty much the new coming of the Wichita Falls Nighthawks. Because, like you said, they had nine guys, at least nine guys, that played for Coach Beck, whether it be at Wichita or from, what was it, the Venom, Nashville Venom? Nashville Venom. That's right. I'm thinking of the Amarillo Venom out of Valmarillo, Texas. But anyway. No, like I said, they're going to have fantastic chemistry, man. Uh, all those same pieces. I mean, that, that's going to be great to build leadership with the team, even for the guys, you know, that are new coming into the team and into the league. Uh, and, they have an impressive uh, offensive line. Um, they have Chad Columber, formerly of the Colorado Crush. I'm very excited to see Carolina. I feel like they're like they could be in, within the first couple of weeks the best team in the league. That's I mean even better than Jacksonville with these players that they have, especially on offense. Like the offenses, I'm an offensive guy. I'm a, I look at offenses more than I do defenses. That offense is stacked. Well. Billy Back said that's what he wanted to do was to stack and have the number one offense, and that's what he's aiming for. And it looks like they're going to set it up. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see it. April 7th, this Saturday, Sharks, Cobras. First glimpse at what, what we will, can expect from the Cobras. I love the, the fact the league's setting that tone so early of having Carolina play Jacksonville right out of the gate. It's just going to be great. It's going to be awesome to watch, no doubt. And then you look at the Sharks. They have so much talent from last year. Marvin Ross is back. He had joined the CFL last year. 
I forget what team played for. I think it was the Calgary Stampeders or something. Mm-hmm. They added Eddie Think about Eddie Davis the third. He was injured after like three or four games. But in those three or four games, he recorded seven interceptions. Wow. Like that. Just imagine if he had stayed healthy all season. That would have been a interception monster for Lehigh Valley. He's now with the Sharks alongside Marvin Ross. That secondary is just going to be absolutely scary in Jacksonville. And for those that know about the Sharks, their history, they've also signed all-time Sharks leading receiver Jerron Harvey. That's right. Big. That's a big target for Grady, who's been there since day one also, I believe. And, of course, he had Derek Ross coming back. So, Jacksonville, it's not going to be easy for them. But at the same time, they look really good, and they look like you know, they can repeat for sure. They're still going to be a big threat in the league no matter what. Uh, like you said, they're, they're offensively stacked just as much as any other team could possibly be. Like I said, we don't know 100% what to expect out of Carolina. They look good on paper. We just got to see them once they actually start playing. And like you say, Columbus is going to have that quarterback battle. So it's going to be really interesting. And then, of course, we were talking about our New England teams are going to be relatively quiet in the league, and Lehigh may not be that great. Depends on if they can pull it back together or not. Yeah, speaking of Lehigh Valley, um, we talked about Warren Smith Jr. being He's going with the Washington Valor for the 2018 season. But what you don't know is who's going to replace him. I looked at their roster, and the guy's name is – Khalif Walton, I know nothing about him, but this his team's success, if they have any success this year, will be riding on him. I don't, I, mean, I don't know who he is. I don't know his stats. I, I should have looked him up, but I didn't. Shame on me. I, I haven't looked up much about him either, to be honest. But it's all going to be on him because I'm a b- big believer in a team's success rides on the quarterback. And if your quarterback is bad, your whole team is bad. It truly does, and like I said, without Warren Smith Jr. being able to return, he's not going to come back, not this year anyways, with the new rule. So right. that's going to fall all on him or whoever they can pick up to replace him, and I really don't know. Like I said, Hendricks can't shoulder the whole team, not from a fullback position. So Yeah, so we're going to have to see what happens when they face the Columbus Lions April 13th in Columbus. That's going to be our first look at Khalid Walton in this new Lehigh Valley Seahawks offense. Other than that, I'm honored about you, Jose, but I'm ready to talk about week one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's get right into it. And what other way to get right into it than talking about the Cobras against the Sharks? I expect nothing, but it, I, like, the way I picture this game, I see it going down to the last seconds. Like one team just kicks a field goal, time expires, and that's it. To be honest, I I don't mean to sound biased, but I really believe that uh, Carolina is going to come out and just give Jacksonville a bloody nose. Do you think it's going to be a blowout in some way? No, it's not going to be a blowout. I'm just thinking I think that Jacksonville is not going to be prepared for it, and Carolina is going to come out swinging. And probably uh, well into the third, Jacksonville will start coming back, but it just probably won't have enough time uh, too little too late. Interesting. I mean, like I said, I'm an offensive guy. I do think that both offenses will they're gonna blow up. It's gonna be a high, very high scoring affair. Oh, no doubt. Scoring, yeah, that's that's for sure. 
like the way I see it, we're gonna be looking at the halftime score. But like, holy crap, this is a, this is a final or is this halftime score? It's gonna be that high come the end of the second quarter. And you're, and you're gonna be there at the game. I am like, so wow. excited to be there in person and watch that because, like you said, it has the potential to be that could be our NAL championship rematch. Hey, you took the words right out of my mouth. I said this is a the this is actually. This year, the league has come up with a name for their title game. It's the National Arena Bowl. So this is going to be a National Arena Bowl 2 preview. And we do like who Jose just said, we both agree to it. I mean, yeah, Columbus is good. looks good. And who knows what the other two New England teams can do. But as of right now, this is uh, – this is, I mean, this is supposed to be safe for the end of the show. But this is our National Arena Bowl 2 champion. I won't tell you my champion yet. I won't tell you who's going to win. I'll tell you who win week one, though. Week one, I have the Sharks winning because that defense, and I, I don't know anything about Carolina's defense, but I do know Jacksonville's defense going to light them up. Jacksonville's defense will step up in the fourth quarter to seal so a victory Greensboro. So you're going to take uh, Jacksonville over Carolina, and I'll, I'll take Carolina over Jacksonville. There we go. One thing we don't agree on tonight the final, is the final winner of this first game of the year. But that's so that okay. be different uh, in Greensboro. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so, anyways. But yeah, it's going to be a great game, regardless, and I can't wait to watch it. That's and it. the other game for Week One that I have on my schedule, the is battle, the battle of New England. There you go. It's the Massachusetts Pirates hosting the May Mammoths, and we talked about it already. I know nothing about the Massachusetts Pirates outside of Sean Brackett, who's overhyped. And Brandon Russell of Last Word on Sports Indoor Football, the Sharks intern, even mentioned this. Massachusetts doesn't have a fullback. And Beyond the Walls, if you see Beyond the Walls, uh, every football talk 24-7, they mentioned that team's very quiet on social media. A lot of suspicion going on there. I don't know what's – something's up with Massachusetts. No, I, I noticed that after they mentioned that. I went and checked, and it really is. Like, they have a – I guess a unofficial fan Twitter that uh, is way more active than the official account. Very suspicious by the Massachusetts Pirates, but that has nothing to do with the game. What has to do with the game is I don't know anything about the defense. I haven't, I've done my homework about them, but I do know Jonathan Bain, Devin Wilson, they are going to absolutely light it up at the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I feel like they win comfortably. I'll leave it at that. I agree with that. I think Maine is going to take Massachusetts. I, like I said, they're just too quiet. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, both these teams, they are they don't make a big show like the other teams. Like you look at Jacksonville and Carolina and Columbus, they're all about making sure that they uh, show off that they have the firepower to come in and win or, or play for the title. In Jacksonville's case, you know, return to. But uh, the other teams, just it's all quiet in New England. Very quiet indeed. But uh, like you said, who knows what these two teams can do. It would be very exciting to see what they can do, for sure. All right, well, I guess we've come to the end of the show where we predict our National Arena Bowl 2, which we already kind of did. We both have the Sharks and the Cobras in the National Arena Bowl. I'm going, like I said week one, I think that the Sharks will repeat as National Arena League champions. And I am going the complete opposite direction. I think <laughs> Carolina is coming in as the as the newcomer, and they are going to show out for the whole season and going to end up winning the Arena Bowl. Either way, I'm very excited to be wherever it might be, in Jacksonville or in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm very excited to be going. 
at the end of August. National Arena Bowl 2, I believe, is Saturday, August 25th. And I will assume it's a 7 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be – I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it to uh, – I know I'm going to have this this section of the show saved for uh, – to replay that week just to see uh, how far off we were. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to look back at this and come August and see how how right we were. <laughs> I mean, look at look at looking at everything right now. That's what we see is sharks, cobras, cobra sharks, whatever the case might be. But any closing thoughts here, Jose? Um, my closing thoughts, like I said, I'm breaking back down. New England is quiet. Uh, the Sharks still look good. Columbus is going to play Kyle Cool in some point of the season. I believe that genuinely. The Cobras are go- are going to win the uh, National Arena Bowl. The second season of the National Arena League is among us, ladies and gentlemen, as is NAL now. I'm your host, Stephen Err, alongside Jose Bahina. I can't wait to be doing the show with you the rest of the week. This is exciting. This is going to be awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you will listen to us throughout the rest of the season as we keep getting better here, having more guests and all the other stuff. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Season 2 of NAL Now. We'll see you next time. Much peace and love.